Welcome to Man Overboard. Fitty ain't nothing but a number, yo. With your host, Language Barrow. Sponsored by the Wolfspack. America's by invitation only men's friendship, support, and networking group. Where the one become many and the many become one. Here they put the man back in human. Hello, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the latest episode of Man Overboard. Fitty ain't nothing but a number. Yo. <laughs> and so the way this thing works is we have a format to the show. Up first, we talk about graduate school and our progress. Then we talk about the dating scene, which for me is pretty scant, so that'll be pretty short. Next, we talk about any business ideals or projects that we're working on. We close it out with some words of wisdom and a little bit of funk music. And that's it. So buckle up and let's get this party started. Hello everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Man Overboard Fitty. Ain't nothing but a number, yo. I'm your host, Language Barrel. So just want to do a little clean up. Uh, the last uh, blog that I had under the conventional uh, format of the show was back in February. So just need to catch you up. As typical with the format of the show, we start with graduate school. I had taken a financial management course or finance for managers, and that was over my head, so I dropped the course. And so I said, okay, the next semester, let me take the economics course. How hard can that be? So I got into the economics course, economics analysis for business, and I had no clue what they were talking about. Literally, I didn't know what they were talking about. So I had to drop that course too. So I ended up losing four uh, months or two semesters in the program. So it set me back about two months. So I figured, okay, the next time I do this, I'm going to take the basic course and I'm going to take the graduate level course. And... One of them, one of those are I'm going to drop. So if it, if it turns out I understand the graduate level course uh, material, uh, then I'm going to I'm going to keep that course and drop the basic course. If it turns out that I have no clue about the what the graduate level course is, I'm going to keep the basic course. So the next semester, I actually it was finance again, and so I was in finance class day one. I was like, ah, I, man, I got no clue what they're talking about. So I dropped that, kept the basic course, which is one credit course. But unfortunately, the university, when you're carrying a one-credit course in the graduate program, they don't consider you a full-time student. So they consider me not a student, but they still let me take the course. And the first week, the first week of that course, when you know, I actually missed the test. And so I got a zero on that first test. And so that means when the second test came around, even though I did fairly well on that test, because I had a zero on the test, I actually was carrying a 64% uh, average, which was a failing average. And in this particular course, is pass or fail. So you have to get above a 70 or you fail the course. So to make a long story short, short, I worked hard, caught up, and was able to make up for that failed uh, absent first test and ended up passing that course. So now I'm at the, the place where I have three more courses left. I have the graduate finance, graduate economics, and I'm going to take the basic uh, economics course so the next my next semester up I'm taking for the summer of 2022 I'm taking basic uh, economics and I'm taking graduate level financial management 
So we're going to see how that goes. If I'm able to pull that off, then I would have one course left, which would be economic analysis, and that would be during the summer months. So technically, I would be able to be finished by the fall of 2022. So I'll keep you informed, and we'll let you know how that goes. Uh, but that's where we are now. So next up, dating. Just want to talk a little bit about the dating. As I mentioned in the previous podcast, I was doing some online dating and a great majority of that was, I considered just scam stuff. Um, either women asking for money, fake profiles, or just men pretending to be women. A lot of that coming out of Ghana, unfortunately. So the one thing I did is I started looking at some more kind of matchmaking uh, online datings where it's at a significantly different entry point for the man so it could be anywhere from a thousand to three thousand dollars depending on what you're looking for uh, for that particular program so I looked at one program uh, Medellin Women and that program was it just really seemed uh, not legitimate to me and one of the major reasons was because everything you did there was a cost uh, factor if you wanted to write letters to the women there was a cost if you wanted to receive letters from the women there were there was a cost if you wanted to meet the women, uh, fly to Medellin to meet the women wherever they were, there was a cost. If you wanted to do their big social work, they put on these social events, two social events, uh, includes your hotel, not your flight, but just a big, two big social events where you can meet multiple women. That was a, like a $4,000 cost to do. Now, one of the major, major issues I had with that, that particular organization was in the letter format. So... What happens is you receive these introduction letters from women that in supposedly or in theory are interested in you. But the problem is those letters don't come from the women. They come from someone in the office, in their office, which writes the letters for women, giving you the, the under the pretext that the women are interested in you. Or they're actually writing these letters to you to engage you in conversation or to come and visit. But in essence, what's happening is the, the people in the office are actually writing the letters under the pretext that you will think it's the women and you will either start writing letters to them or you will book a ticket to fly down and meet them. So because that whole process really seemed so disingenuous and dishonest, uh, I really decided not to even pursue um, pursue matchmaking through that organization. Then there was another organization called My, uh, my Colombian Wife. Which again, this is a different organization, a matchmaking organization, but it's out of Bogota, Colombia. And the premise of this organization is that you would meet the person, you would meet the people that you select one on one. You'll have, uh, they'll provide 12 introductions to, I guess, 12 different women or how many, you know, how many women you want. But the, the package includes 12 introductions you, the woman, and an interpreter. And it's usually over coffee, coffee or beer or some light first meeting. And then depending on how things work out, you would take it to the next level or you would not. I mean, it's, it's just um, that's their particular format to, to do their matchmaking. Now, again, the costs are significant. There are no costs to the women, obviously. One thing they say about the Internet is if you're not, if you're not purchasing something from the company then that means you are the product of the company and so unfortunately i don't know any other way to put it so because the men are the purchasers the women in the women end up being the product you can take it the way you want it but in online 
commerce, that's really the way it is. I mean, if you're getting access to a free site, the reason you're getting access to a free site is because you are the product of the site. You are what they're somehow able to merchandise. So the person paying for the service is the customer. And whatever service you are paying for, whatever introductions you are paying for, that is the product. And, and um, Just in a business sense, not in a people are product type of sense. So that's where it stood. Now, that, again, like I said before, that significant, significant cost. And all these dating sites, all the dating sites that I've encountered, online dating sites, women are always the product. Right? Women don't pay, generally don't pay to get on. And certainly many more men than there are women. And men are obviously, and men are typically much more aggressive. So yeah, men are the customers because they pay for the portal to entry. And again, women are the product. Uh, this particular website, they, the, the membership runs anywhere from like a thousand or twelve hundred dollars for membership up to up to whatever you want to spend. But the, the typical range is twelve hundred to about twenty four to twenty five hundred dollars. And what's included in that that particular price is uh, twelve introduction access to the website, so you can write wherever you want. Twelve introductions when you arrive in the country, so that means that it's going to be twelve introductions, twelve dates that they'll help you set up where you'll have the, uh, for an hour or hour and a half, you'll have access to an interpreter and you'll meet one of the women that you chose one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. And again, that could be an hour, an hour and a half. You can go above that, but of course that would be an additional cost. You could have the interpreter also encounter you, on, uh, accompany you on different venues or sightseeing tours or whatever. But again, that's a different cost. So the, the basic package is introductions, 12 dates, and then from there, you take it on your own. Now, I haven't flown to Bogota to do this particular thing. So right now, I still don't know what um, what's going to come of it. But when I start really analyzing and looking at the things that I value, right, the fact that um, for a decent used car, right, I've paid, you know, eight or nine or ten thousand dollars for a, diff, a decent vacation to Europe or Latin America, pay like two or three thousand dollars or whatever the case may be. And so for the opportunity to meet your match or to meet your better half, what is that worth to you? Right? What dollar amount would you put on that? And based on that answer would determine really should, should give you some insight as, as to uh, how much you value your personal life. Okay, that's pretty much what I'm going to say with that. If I get in any more information on this particular website or any more encounters, I'll definitely put that in the podcast. But as of right now, I'm not scheduled to travel to Bogota until September of 2022. And I've set that date so it coincides with after the completion of graduate school. Okay, so that's it for dating. Projects. So I got two major projects that I'm currently working on around the house. One is putting some steps in my garden. I have an elevated garden out in the front of my house. So the, that one of the major projects I hope to complete before the end of the year, well, I will complete before the end of the year, whether I do it myself or hire someone to do it, is the uh, creation of some steps nays, uh, on the right side of my raised garden. I uh, will get back to the pellet stove. I, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, I installed a pellet stove, took out a, a wood-burning stove, installed a, a pellet stove. And so I would say for convenience, it's 
the pellet stove is much nicer than the wood stove stove but for overall ambiance uh, for those who like the cracking of wood and just the whole romanticism of uh, wood burning versus uh, pellet stove pellet stoves don't compete uh, at all to uh, wood burning stoves um, so if, if you like part of that romance of wood burning stoves then you're probably going to go with the wood burning stove if you like the simplicity and ease of a pellet stove which means the fuel comes in bags it's easier to load you can put it on a timer it's highly mechanized so on and so forth then you're probably going to go with a pellet stove um, in hindsight i probably would uh, have stuck with the wood burning stove because I like a lot more of the ambiance associated with wood burning stoves versus the strict convenience of repellent stoves. So for that, next up, health. Okay, so we want to talk about uh, what's happened recently since my previous podcast, and I went to the physician to have a general um, examination. I haven't had one done in about two years so saw a new doctor went and got a physical examination got a digital rectal exam for prostate but that's a that's a whole another story for another day and one of the things that my physician new physician noted was that i he had he looked at me and did a physical examination and thought i had an abdominal hernia uh, just because of an elevated ridge on the, in my abdomen between the two um, abdominal muscles so I went to a surgeon and had that checked out. It turns out it's not an abdominal hernia. The, there are some bands that go across the um, the two sides of the abdominal muscle. You know, you're kind of your six-pack. There's a band that goes between those. And because I, I guess, just got fat, there's no other way to put it, those bands between the abdominal muscles had, got, had gotten stretched out or uh, strictly due to the amount of fat that was underlaying between those bands so it gave the impression of like an abdominal hernia something poking out but it tur just turns out that I just need to lose weight and if I lose weight then the fat underneath the bands will dissipate or decrease which would make the bands go back in more line and so not only will I lose that ridge between the two abdominal muscles but I get a six pack to, six pack to boot um, I wish it were so easier uh, I wish it was as easy to do that as it is to talk about it but as I mentioned in the previous podcast, losing weight, especially when you reach a certain age, whether you're male or female, becomes much more challenging, one, due to the slowdown of your metabolism, two, and probably more, more of the case, is the slowdown of your life, and three, between your food choices. Uh, so if you want to lead a, a healthier, more well-balanced life, probably the first step in that, I mean, activity is, is necessary for the muscles and circulation. But weight loss is really a matter of food consumption. So if you just want to lose some weight and get better and look better, you just got to eat less, and you got to eat the right things. And that that we could talk about the whole glycemic index and food density and all that stuff. But really, you just need to eat better, and you lose weight quicker. And again, the the activity and the mobility is just really for muscle development and cardio development. But weight reduction is more a factor of food consumption. Oh, so I am still doing the uh, the full body squats. So I've actually got some lower back pain now, and I think that may be related, surprisingly, to due to um, really not a, a very low intake of water. I had some problems in the past with um, with kidney stone formation, and uh, that has, in the past has almost been strictly 
I can't say strictly due to lack of water because there's some diet issues in there too, but definitely uh, a reduced amount of water has always played a, a, a part for me, a role for me in uh, kidney stone formation. So I'm starting to get some of that back pain on the right side and the lower back, which uh, is, has been a signal to me in the past that, um, that I need to increase my water intake because I'm, it's possible that I may have some kidney stone formation occurring. Uh, lastly, the bidet, uh, as I mentioned before in the previous podcast, I bought a bidet and was using it and I think it does have some effect on overall cleanliness, but again, I think a lot of that is one of the major offsets that is you're going to get a wet bottom, right? Your bottom is wet. So if you're not used to that, then that, that could be an issue. Now you can use the toilet paper to dry, obviously your bottom, but you get like a lot of wet toilet paper in. I mean, it all goes in the toilet. It's all flushable. But this is just some of the things I've noticed. And it's probably because more of an issue because I wasn't raised with a bidet, but I just decided at a later date to give it a try that I'm dealing with those kind of issues. Lastly, we're going to talk about gym. We talked about this is all under the umbrella of health and fitness and wellness. Uh, I'd gotten a gym membership and I was doing five days a week, but I don't want to say that's not sustainable, but it's very hard to be sustainable doing five days a, a week gym. I mean, some people are able to do it, and those people are very committed, and use ultimately reflects in their overall health. But typically, for the average person, five days uh, going to the gym is is very difficult and very hard to sustain. So I've actually tried to cut that down to three days: Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I go to the gym, do about an hour on the an hour at the gym, twenty to twenty five minutes uh, on the elliptical 20-25 minutes on the bicycle and about 10 minutes on the stair on the stationary rower and then I usually do about five or six minutes just kind of stretching and squatting uh, just to kind of give my heart a chance to rest and, and also to exercise and stretch some muscles now the one thing I've been mentioning been intending to do since I started this process but never really got around to was to actually jog from my car because I generally park about uh, a mile, half a mile, quarter mile to half a mile from the location of the gym because there's really no parking close to my gym. And then I would walk that distance. But the last time I went to the gym, I actually attempted to jog that distance. And I must say that even though I'm doing an hour of cardiovascular, I think I was jogging for five minutes and I was severely out of breath. So that's definitely one thing that I need to increase that I'm going to focus on is actually the jogging portion not on a treadmill, but actually jogging physically in an outdoor environment. So I want to uh, make it a goal to jog from my car to park about a half a mile from my car, uh, park a half a mile from the gym so I can jog from the car to the gym, do my hour workout, and then jog another half a mile back from the gym to my car. Extremely beneficial and one that I think um, uh, I can live with. So I think that's it. I've kind of caught you up on all the things uh, for this episode. The previous episode to this, which was a special episode, was the episode on racism, race relations in the U.S. Again, that's a three-part series. I will be looking to do a part two, and a part two where we're going to... In that series, we would focus on uh, racism in the United States as it stands currently, and some of the costs of that, and also, quote-unquote, the, the costs and benefits of white privilege. After that would be part three, and part three would focus strictly on the solutions for racism in the U.S. and uh, ways to improve race relations. 
We'll catch you on the next podcast. Until then, be safe. No! Man overboard, fitty ain't nothing but a number, yo. It's typical with the closing of a podcast. I like to leave you with a little words of wisdom. The road not taken, Robert Frost. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler long I stood. And looked down one as far as I could. To where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair. And having perhaps the better claim. Because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that the passing there. Had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay. In lees no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Sunshine, yeah, moonlight.